2: NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
3: It's Tuesday, May 16th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the
2: podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. He is the pride of the generals. The Ulysses S. Grant High School Generals in Portland, Oregon. He's the pride of the Huskers, the Nebraska Cornhuskers in Lincoln, Nebraska. He's been the pride of the Lions, the Dolphins, the Rams, the Bucks, and the Eagles. He's been to three Super Bowls. He's been fitted for one Super Bowl ring. Is he chasing another? (laughs) That's a question I better ask of a man I can honestly say, listener, is the most Fascinating and disarming individual I have ever met. Welcome to the pod, Indomican Sue.
3: Thank you very much for having me. What shall I call you? Uh, Indomican? Mr. Sue? Sue is fine. Just Sue. Simple, yeah. Teammates, has that always been the case? It's always been the case. Some people like to call me Indomican, but uh, very few. Sue is pretty much consistent. What does your mom call you? (laughs) It depends on if she's mad or or happy. Okay, if she's mad. (laughs) It's a high pitch and very stern Indomitian, come here now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and if she's not, it's a normal, loving gesture from yes, mom is. son, come here. I, son. I love you. Give me a hug. Fair something enough. of that nature. Which Soon is more the is comment. For me, uh, I understand <laughs> you're friends with Warren Buffett. I am. The fifth richest person in the world. Estimated worth, listener, $115 billion. That's a B. He's the Oracle of Omaha, the Bitcoin skeptic. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what does Warren Buffett call you? uh sue
3: or indomitian yeah pretty simple sh- he can choose he can choose yes
2: what do you call him
3: uh mr buffett plain and simple. always mister
2: always mister you're a very polite young man yeah. you can call Res- me andrew Res- respect your
4: elders yeah exactly <laughs> i'm your
2: host nfl network senior writer andrew levy and on today's show i'll make good on yesterday's promise to pick the 49ers schedule game by game win by win and yes loss By loss, let's be clear, I am not qualified to pick those games, but Brian Baldinger and Bucky Brooks are. And that's something they have already done. And actually, they see a surprisingly high number of losses on the Niners' schedule. An opinion that Sue kept to himself when he and MJ Acosta Ruiz interviewed Niners defensive end Eric Armstead yesterday in the way of promoting that interview. What was the one question you and MJ asked that you were most interested to hear the answer of don't don't give it away. But what was the question?
3: Uh, The question was simply uh, how does Eric enjoy playing for uh, coach concert? who you have history with. I have five years history and uh, should have had more, but Miami made some terrible decisions in 17, uh, but we'll leave it there.
2: <laughs> Chris Kocurek, who of course is the defensive line coach yep. in San Francisco. Steve Wilkes now the defensive coordinator, but you guys work most specifically with the D-line coach. Is that what you're Yeah, kind of Chris Kasurik
3: is uh, the D-line coach uh, in San Francisco, Detroit, wherever he goes. He usually has a little bit more than just D-line play input, uh, pass rush input, uh, a lot of different things when it comes to getting out for the quarterback in the
2: passing game. Thumbs up to this, Chris Kasurik.
3: Chris Kassurek is one of the best and learned from the
2: best, uh, a guy that I really enjoyed, Jim Washburn, who taught him everything. I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna ask you a question about coaches in a moment. Okay, that's all coming up, but look guys, when you have a player of Ndamukong Sue's stature, you don't waste time asking him about other people. You ask him About him. Are you ready? I am ready. Let the interrogation begin. (laughs) Uh, Can we get some interrogation music? Some gentle interrogation music. I mean, I don't want to... Yeah, nothing nothing scary. Okay, that's perfect. Good, thank you. Where were you on the night of January 20th, 2005? Does that date ring a bell? I do not. It was the day (laughs) that you declared your intention to attend Nebraska over Mississippi State, Oregon State, Miami, Cal, and I should think a whole host of other suitors... Why Nebraska?
3: Nebraska was a great mix for me. Just had the ability to go one play early as a as a freshman, but then also have the most important ability
2: to garner my engineering degree, which I left with construction management. Uh, I heard you say to somebody that Cal was one of the top engineering schools. Was yes. it in the end down between Cal and Nebraska?
3: It came down between Cal and Nebraska, but I felt like Nebraska had the better mix, and Cal was their engineering program it was uh, it was good but very difficult to get in and they weren't really seeming like they wanted to work with me with the football schedule so uh, I decided to go to Nebraska because I knew they would uh, love both sides.
2: How dare they! <laughs> now, are you revealing to us, actually, in a subtle way, that you are more a Lincoln, Nebraska kind of cat than you are a Berkeley, California kind of cat? Yeah,
3: no question about that. I'm not. Uh, what
2: What about Lincoln or that kind of a town, a slightly smaller town? Yes, a capital city, yep. but a, t- a smaller town. What What about that Small appeals to you? Small
3: town, blue collar, hardworking people. Uh, support your kids from top to bottom in everything they want to do and uh, just grind it out to get wins. Were the locals just desperately hoping that
2: you would either choose the Ducks or the Beavers?
3: Yes, for sure. The locals in Portland wanted me to and the, the news channels definitely made note of me not picking either one of them uh, as I didn't get much publicity uh, when I chose Nebraska. But overall, I mean, half my high school goes to Oregon or Oregon State and I didn't want to stay home and be around my... My friends from high school I wanted to go meet new people.
2: You've always been a little other.
3: Yes, always other. I, I'm not being afraid to be different. Does the date December
2: fifth, two thousand nine, ring any bells? December uh, graduation. No, it Ooh. was the day many people well, you know what? Mm-hmm. In some ways it was graduation mm-hmm. day because it was a commencement day, a commencement of for many of us of the oh. day that we really <laughs> began to recognize you. Texas. It was the day many people remember <laughs> as the day Indomican and Sue left zero doubt as to who really was the best player in college football, Nebraska versus yes, the Texas Longhorns. Can you take us back to that day? That wasn't just a day, that was a moment. That was a that was an event, certainly for you. Did it feel significant?
3: Uh, it was definitely Definitely significant. Uh, it was an event in its own for sure. Just playing against Texas, Big 12 championship, first opportunity to really, really make a name for us uh, from the standpoint of Nebraska being back and their football program being back. And I wanted to will my team to a win. So I, I studied my butt off that week and leading up to that game. And I felt like I had some good clues to get after their quarterback and disrupt their O-line which unfortunately, uh, I'll just be frank, we got cheated out of a win. Uh, But lo and behold, I think... (laughs) Whatever does he mean? Throwing that extra second on at the end of the clock just didn't make sense to me. But uh, I guess it wasn't our destiny to get to the uh, fiesta bowl back in those days that
2: extra second on the clock allowed texas to kick a game ending game winning field goal the final score of that game 13 12 but those are not the stats that most of us remember you do of course because it's still i can still see the pain (laughs) in your face the numbers we remember in dominican sue 12 tackles six for a loss four Sacks. Obviously, that was your senior year. You played four years in college, which, of course, is something of an anomaly now. Yeah. There must have been days before when you knew your destiny was a level beyond Big 12, as it was known at the time, for yeah. Nebraska <laughs> uh, college
4: football. Their offense on the field now that nab back to pass. going to get sacked, going to get dropped. Listen in and tell me who did it.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I definitely had an idea that I could get to the next level, to the NFL, be in a professional, but it really came down to watching two guys, Jay Moore and Adam Carricker. probably most notably you guys remember Adam Carriker who was a top draft pick to the St. Louis Rams. I think it was in like 07 or 08, I wanna say, uh, but just training with him every single day, uh, playing alongside him, I learned a lot and I, I had this kind of revelation that said, I can do everything that Adam can do and a little bit more, and he's about to be a top 10 draft pick. Like, why can't I be that in the next year or two? And so uh, I just got into hard work and focusing, and we went into a terrible recession in 08. I almost came out to in, in the draft, but I decided to go back and finish school because my mom asked me to and said, you can either finish now or come back later, and there was no way in the world I was coming back later. So I stayed, finished
2: school, Played my last year uh, of ball and then graduated in 09. You name checked one other person, Jay Moore. I assume you don't mean the uh, comedian who does a great Christopher Walken impression.
3: <laughs> no, not. I
2: do not. <laughs> <laughs> April 22nd, 2010. Does that day ring a bell? Uh, I'm assuming that's the draft. Yeah, guy, yeah, damn right. It was the draft. <laughs> Radio City Music Hall. Yep. Detroit Lions. And Dominican, do you ever play the what if game? What if I had suffered the momentary disappointment of falling in the draft to a better team?
4: Brady back, pressure, gonna get hit, gonna go down, back at the 46-yard line, listen up. And Davikin Su sets a rookie record for the Lions with his eighth sack of the year.
3: Uh, I don't play the what-if game because I, I believe wholeheartedly everything happens for a reason and truthfully, I had the opportunity to draft, to drop down in that draft if I wanted to, to go to Tampa Bay because I had an inkling that St. Louis at the time was not going to pick me because they needed a quarterback. There was Detroit. Uh, I looked at it. It was a rough city, uh, a lot of different things going on there, obviously rough time, 2008, all those different things, and uh, honestly just sit there and prayed about it the night before, and Tampa had said, Just go ahead and drop and i told them well how about you just give up half of those picks that you got because i think they had like 12 and come and get me they tried to but detroit said no and uh i got selected by detroit which was one of the best things i've ever experienced in my life i love that city
2: i have family in detroit Mm -hmm. just outside in novi and i love that city too and the stories that you get from family when people you really know and trust tell you that they love a place and you can look them in the eye and then you get anecdotal responses and yep. you get context you get stories about growing up there living there what it's really like to be there and then you visit it with that context it allows you to fall in love with places like detroit which for so many people who have never been there mm-hmm. they only go with what they think about a place what they feel about a place not what they know about a place we're going to get to the difference between feeling and knowing in a yep. moment Let's talk resume.
4: Back to pass, stepping up. Clawson, gonna get hit, gonna go down, sack back inside the 20 yard line.
2: And Dominic and Sue got him as if I had to tell you that. Defensive rookie of the year 600 tackles, 71 and a half sacks, five times an All Pro, five times a Pro Bowler, a member of the All Decade team for the 2010s, a Super Bowl champion. You're an engineer mm-hmm. and a wise investor. <laughs> Uh, with one of the world's most successful investors on speed dial, in case you weren't listening a moment ago, you know the value of a powerful portfolio. Yeah, is your portfolio complete?
3: That's a tough question. Uh, to say it's complete, I can't say yes and I can't say no because I don't know if I'm done playing. And well, that's my backdoor <laughs> way of asking, isn't it? It is, uh, and I don't have an answer for you. Okay. Uh, as I stated last year, or yesterday, excuse me. I'm open to all good, good situations in the right place, but uh, I'm not excited about camp, so uh, come talk to me either right before camp or during
2: camp. <laughs> I learned yesterday that your name means House of Spears, but I think that the modern interpretation or the modern translation could, could be, through one prism, Ring Chaser. Because you were in a position to kind of pick your destination if you wanted to, mm-hmm. and you could, in fact, just go chasing rings for the next couple years. Is that reductive? Is that unfair of me to pin you with that title?
3: I, I think everybody at the end of the day wants to have a ring and earn a ring. So to sit here and say I don't want to go and play and earn a ring is, would be a lie in my particular opinion. But,
2: but that's not the only metric.
3: That's not the only metric. There's multiple metrics that go into it. Uh, What's the
2: most important one?
3: Winning an opportunity to get to the playoffs to go earn a ring and then i would say business opportunities family as well which is i mean 1a 1b 1c uh, they're all up there so that's all convoluted. so business
2: opportunities let me just infer from that so if you had to choose between say Oh, I was going to say the Colts, but they're not really in a position to win, not right away. But a team that is in the sticks and a team that is uh, near an urban center that has more of a vibrant economy. You're probably going to steer more toward the big city for reasons of business opportunity.
3: Yeah, I love networking and connecting with people and being immersed in the city, not saying small cities are or bad cities to be, be in because there's plenty amazing You've cities. you already made clear your, yeah. <laughs> your affection for
2: small places. Yeah,
3: but uh, I have aspirations to be more successful off the field than I was on the field, and that's building relationships and getting to know people and having opportunities
2: to work. Is your portfolio a Hall of Fame portfolio? Could you, can you, do you need to engineer a more convincing case for the kids in Canton? I'm going to answer you in this, this manner. It's not my decision whether it's not, so I can't say yes or no. No, but you are a a wise and experienced man. You understand history, you're a Mm -hmm. student of history, and you appreciate those who have come before you. You know what it takes to get the gold jacket. You see the guys who are in the hall wearing the gold jacket and like the guy who was a top 10 draft pick that you worked out with and saw that you could do everything that he could do and a little bit more. Yeah. When you compare yourself to the guys that you see standing up there on induction night, do you feel like you belong in that company?
3: I'll say this. I've always wanted to change the game in my own particular way and for the positive and the one the guys that I've played with and be successful and I think I've done that in a lot of different rights and ways whether that's helping Tampa Bay win a championship. Detroit having one of the best rush defenses in a top pass rush team in 2014. Uh, and then obviously I've had all of the individual accolades any player probably could wish for and, and want to earn. So,
2: I mean, you, you give me the answer. <laughs> for me, you've got the gold jacket on. I just don't know that we have enough thread and enough material to fit you in a jacket that large. Let's talk about something that I just could never, never live with myself if I didn't ask you. I Mm -hmm. want to talk about the difference between perception and reality. And truth be told, Sue, I want to frame it as the difference between feeling and knowing, as I intimated a moment ago. Mm -hmm. We live in a world where feelings seem to have conquered knowing, uh, where what we feel is more important, more valuable, and somehow more significant than what we know, which is a dangerous thing when it comes to our judgment of other people. I find myself guilty of this constantly, every single day. Judgments that are based almost exclusively on feeling, not actually knowing. You have a good sense for what people feel about you. What is it? What do people feel about you?
3: Uh, I think people don't know me. And uh, at the end of the day, I am very much so introverted. And I have not always been open to folks to get to know me. Uh, but when you are lucky enough and or open enough and wise enough to ask me questions as we are doing now and or just catch me on the street and ask me a question politely, you'll be surprised to a lot of my answers and how open I I can be. Uh, So it's simple. Just uh, don't be biased. Be uh, open to get to know folks and and know them for who they are. Is
2: trust a hard thing for you to build with someone?
3: Uh, I wouldn't say trust is a hard thing. Uh, Now, being in my inner circle is a hard thing (laughs) for sure.
2: Does it take history? does it take that kind of hard-to-explain but impossible-to-miss connection that you just have with some people and don't have with others?
3: Yeah, I think it's uh, understanding what people want from you and at the same time not wanting from you. I think some of my best relationships, for example, the Warren Buffets of the world, the Gary Shipman's of the world, the Joe Mowgli of the world, uh, they need nothing from me, uh, and I gravitate towards them. Uh, and and I like learning from people. I love enjoy learning from people. I've enjoyed my time talking about being in a big city, spending a, t- a year here in L.A. Got to be close to one of my biggest mentors, Jay Brown and Rock Nation and everything that they do. Uh, seeing how he's successful, but very, very quiet about it. And I have a lot of respect for people like that, that move in silence and are very, very
2: uh, influential at the same time. Okay, I did a little exercise this morning behind okay. your back. <laughs> um, here's what people feel about you. I went around the building this morning and I polled my colleagues. Okay. And I said, the following, when I say Indomitian Sioux, what's the first thing that pops to mind? Yeah, You know what's coming. Okay. Maybe you don't know what's coming. I do not. All right, on the positive side, I'll call it positive, but again, that's me already tainting the well. Yeah. Legend. It's very nice. One of the best three Huskers of all time, said a Nebraska grad. I pressed him on the <laughs> answer, Tommy <laughs> Frazier and Johnny Rogers. Okay. Tommy really? Frazier, Johnny Rogers, That's and some Indomitian good company. Sioux. That's some damn good company. <laughs> Fearless. Okay. Talented. Yep. Aggressive. Yep. Relentless. Yes. Nonstop. No question. A badass expletive. Yep. Doesn't take hard listener to MF. figure out what it is. <laughs> just just enjoy it. Let yeah. it let it roll around in your head. Somebody said no person that big should be that lean. Ooh, that's a great compliment and I appreciate it. Lots of hard work there. Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I appreciate More. it. More than one said Hall of Famer. Somebody said he's an actual bear. Yeah, I am a teddy Never bear. Never played for the bears, but you're an actual bear. <laughs> a big teddy bear for sure. The one that really struck me was this, a guy you want on your team. Mm. The negatives, I'll call them. This is merely what people think, but this is what they said, and you have heard this I should think before. Violent. Mhm. Dirty. Disagree. Scary. Yeah. That's not necessarily negative in That's a that's
3: world. a great a fear thing. I, into somebody, that's not
2: the worst thing in your I, I business. I tell
3: people all the time, if you're not afraid of me, I'm
2: doing my job wrong. Ruthless. Several audible exhales followed by head shakes. People not knowing how to articulate the answer, mm-hmm. but you could see that they felt something about the question. Yeah. And several versions of this, stomp or stamp. Mm-hmm.
4: Personal foul, unnecessary roughness. Defense, number 90. And and Sue with a forearm to the back of the helmet.
2: Are there two wolves in you, Dominick and Sue, the good wolf and the bad wolf, and do you feed both?
5: Uh,
3: I don't know if there's two wolves. I think I'm one human being that is multifaceted uh, and very well educated, but if you catch me in a competitive state, I want to win at all costs. And when it comes to doing my job, uh, I could care less what other people think about me. Um, And when we're between the white lines, there are no friends. Uh, I think the best example is between me and a good friend, Steven Jackson. He played for the St. Louis Rams early on in my career. And I mean, he was like a big brother to me. Same thing with Larry Fitzgerald. But when I saw them in the white lines, I am going after them with full force, obviously. After the game, hugs and kisses, all those different things, but it's all love, but at the end of the day,
2: between those white lines, we're not friends. You clearly do make people feel, and if we go back to the kind of the the, the setup of this entire exercise, feeling versus knowing, are people wrong about what they feel? Would knowing you change how they feel about the way they saw you play?
3: Yeah, for sure. I think if people knew me and understood how m- my brain works and how I function and how I study and how I look at the world and how I look at the game of uh, football and in my position. And I think the big key there is understanding the position. I don't think people really understand the role and what all goes into it and the mentality that you have to be because yes, you can you can break down X's and O's and taste, but there's a lot more that goes into it.
2: All right, you and I are on the elevator on the way up to Mr. Buffett's office. I'm getting off a couple floors before, of (laughs) course, because I don't know anybody on the top floor. But you're headed to the top floor, and somehow we're talking about this, and you're explaining your position in the 30-second elevator pitch in Mm -hmm. a way that I didn't understand it before. Help me understand what I don't know but that I only think I know about the position.
3: Yeah, I think people look at it from a perspective that we're protecting – and the linebackers behind us, or we're trying to stop the run, and or we're just trying to get to the quarterback, uh, there's a lot more dif- difficulty of things that transpire throughout those transactions to get to the quarterback, get to the running back, and create havoc. Um, and there's a lot of things that are missed within a blink of an eye. Uh, most people probably know the statistic of it's what? 2.2, 2.4 seconds to get to a quarterback. Uh, that's very, very fast, and there's a lot of things that get missed within within that
4: time frame. Rodgers looking, Rodgers buying time, scrambling left, hit by so from behind, back outside the 45-yard line, down he goes.
2: Is it the greatest team game in the world? I believe so.
3: I think it's one of the best team games, and if you don't have the guys next to you, especially from a defensive line perspective, you will not be successful because All my accolades I I have to give to my teammates that i played with because yes, individually, I may have a name and a face and all those different things to be recognizable, but I can't accomplish any of those things without the guys that I played with.
2: Do you have to humble yourself to be great in the NFL?
3: Yeah, for sure you have to humble yourself no matter what, because you have to be able to understand and take the positive, but also continue to keep challenging yourself. I think one of the best things I read earlier today, was Devonta Adams, he proved to himself that he didn't need Aaron Rodgers, which I knew that, seeing his talent playing against him, but a lot of people don't see that and understand that. And that's where it's a separation of being able to see he's a great talent, but he also needs a great quarterback, but he doesn't always need the best quarterback in the league at times.
2: You have to humble yourself, but do you also have to walk around believing that you are in fact that badass expletive?
3: Oh yeah, for sure. I think that's mental uh, capacity of being able to push yourself and know that you're the pinnacle and trying to reach new heights each and every single year. And if you don't do that, then it's probably time for you to retire.
2: Which brings me to my next (laughs) question.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
2: We interrupt this podcast to bring you, as promised, game by game, win by win, and yes, loss by loss, schedule predictions for 2023 for the San Francisco 49ers. They won the NFC West quite easily in 2022. What will they do for an encore? Bucky Brooks, Brian Baldinger, we know him as Baldy, take it away.
4: Let's get it started. On the road against the Steelers. I'm looking into the crystal ball. I don't know who the quarterback is week one, Bucky. I'm going to give them an L in Pittsburgh. They lost to the Bears last year week one in a rainstorm. But they come back, and they beat the Rams at SoFi because they own SoFi. Then on a short week, they beat the Giants. They get another win. They stack a win against Arizona. They continue to stack a win against Dallas because we know Dallas can't score against Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, and that defense right there. But here's where it gets tricky, Bucky. They go to Cleveland. The biorhythms are off. East Coast game. Cleveland gets a win right there all right but then they play Monday night football against Minnesota they're built for prime time but they get the win against the Vikings <laughs> they stack the win against Cincinnati they take a bye Shanahan gives them five days off they come back refreshed to take down Jacksonville oh I mean, my God. Smoke Jacksonville right now they're so refreshed now I'm not overlooking Tampa but they get the win at Tampa and then Bucky this is where it gets tough they got to go to Seattle right there they have Seattle right here they beat Seattle right there all right they continue to stack wins but then they have Philadelphia and I think Philadelphia is a tough game for them They, they they'll lose to Philadelphia right there you know and then they come back and Seattle this time they'll reverse it Seattle will win this they go back and forth these two teams they know each other really well we'll take that out but here's how they finish they finish against Arizona with the win they finish against Baltimore with the win I say that East Coast game against Washington is going to be tricky. Who knows what the weather's going to be like at FedEx Field. I give them a loss at Washington. What? And they finish with the win. I, they, it's an East Coast game, Bucky. Their biorhythms are off, but they finish with the win. And with a 12-5 and record, I don't know if that's a number one seed or not, but it's a high seed. They'll be ready for the playoffs.
2: There are very few people in the world who look down on Indomican Sue. One of them is 6 foot 7 inch Eric Armstead defensive end for the San Francisco 49ers. Indomican Sue, MJ Acosta Ruiz interviewed Mr. Armstead just yesterday. Today I bring it to you.
7: 49ers defensive lineman Eric Armstead. Good to see you, Eric. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Sue, of course, has some uh, defensive questions specifically for you. But let's start with that schedule uh, because, of course, the release has us deep diving into all these matchups here. 49ers, one of 11 teams with three consecutive weeks at home. That is huge for you guys and, of course, for the Niners fans. Any games jump out to you? Have you circled any specifically?
6: Uh, Definitely, you know, looking forward to uh, a lot of great matchups. Definitely looking forward to getting back to Philly and uh, playing them again. Um, Dallas is always fun to play against. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of eyes on that one Um, playing for my first time on Christmas. So Mm. that'll be interesting as well. Lamar Jackson coming in town. So there's a lot of exciting matchups. I'm sure Um, you know the the fans are going to have a lot of fun this year.
7: Check and check and check because those are some of just a few games that we're already highlighting in our schedule. Now when it comes to this defense of course you know this just a weekend ago we were we're at the 49ers Foundation uh, Getaway Weekend, and Coach Kiserik did a chalk talk about this defensive front, how dynamic you guards are, and what makes you that way. I won't give away too many trade secrets here, but to you, what makes this defensive line so special?
6: Uh, up front, you know, we play uh, with a certain style. Um, we attack, we get off the ball, uh, we run to the ball, we play with great effort, and uh, it's really, really a team, uh, team effort. You know, we play for one another. Um, we, you know, we don't have selfish guys who are out there, you know, just trying to uh, get stats, but, um, you know, we're working together and, uh, we're, we're, going out there to dominate really. And, um, we're a talented bunch that, you know, works extremely hard. And, um, when we, when we go out there, you know, we lay it all on the line. So, you know, I love, uh, playing, playing with this group. Um, it's been a lot of fun, uh, going into my ninth year, uh, here. So it's been, been a lot of fun. Hey, Eric, with your going into your
3: ninth year and playing for coach cancer what have you enjoyed the most about him
6: um, as you know you you played for him as well too, sue um, you know Chris for me really uh, his belief in me and um, you know I know that he cares his passion for what we do um, and you know playing for a coach who gives you confidence who believes in you you know that goes a long way I hadn't had that um, in a long time and so you know, that, that's what really opened it up for me, going out there and taking the field, you know, for somebody who uh, believes in me and wants to see me be successful.
3: Yeah, now that's amazing because, I, I, like you said, I enjoyed my five years with him in Detroit and wish I got a chance to get back with him recently uh, when I have some talks with you guys. But overall, would you say that he puts you in the best positions as a defensive lineman and allows you to play free? And what are some of those examples, if so?
6: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he, he allows people to use their skill set. Um, he's going to bring in guys that can play uh, his style of football and uh, he's going to put you in position to be successful you know we don't we don't over things we don't think too much you know we line up we put our hand in the ground we uh we play physical and um you know being able to play free and not have to think too much and uh so many assignments and and all those things i think allow us to uh allow for people to see us fly around out there and you know that's what you guys see on on uh, on game day
0: Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
0: Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
2: You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. With me today... A man who really needs no introduction, but you're getting it. And Domican Sue, so grateful for your time here today. So glad that you could be with us here at NFL Media this week. I've got some rapid fire questions. I know you have to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um you mentioned Devontae Adams before. Mm -hmm. Devontae Adams gets a new quarterback, not for the first time, for the third time in three years. Yep. How is chemistry built? We out here in the sports world, we believe that we're experts, and yet a lot of us have never played the game, so we don't really know. We don't really know what goes into doing what you do. How is chemistry built? Isn't it an experiment? Is it something that time can cure? Is it one of those elusive things that you can either maybe have or maybe not have, maybe never have How does Jimmy G and Devontae Adams build chemistry?
3: Yeah, chemistry is one of those interesting pieces, and it depends on people's personalities and their viewpoints. Uh, Outside of repetitions of the actual plays and things of that nature, which is a given, it comes to hanging out with each other, having dinners, uh, having conversations. And you build that camaraderie in some form or fashion, and that's something that I prided myself on, and told all the defensive linemen that I play with. Like, we got to spend time and like each other. Uh, we don't have to love each other. We don't have to be best friends, but we got to be able to be around each other. Because if we're not, and we have a fraction fractured room, which I've had in some in some cases, and they happen to be poor seasons that I've uh, that I've or poor. Four years and not getting to the playoffs—it shows.
2: It really does matter.
3: Yeah, no question, it matters.
2: Does it really matter between a quarterback and a wide receiver? Does it allow timing to be better? Does it allow? Is it because it allows you to enjoy yourself more in the process of getting ready for the game? It, it's already
3: a grind to play the sport. To make it easier by liking the guys and wanting and and pushing for the guys and their success that are a part of your team and that you're working with, it makes it that much more easier, especially through the tough time.
2: I discovered earlier that Ndamukong Sue may in fact be a bird watcher because he talked about this, finding the pigeon. <laughs> what the yeah. hell is that, man?
3: Finding the pigeon, uh, a great saying from Jim Washburn. Um, like I said, he's an amazing coach, been doing it for so many years in this league, but the pigeon, is the weak link on that offensive line? Ooh, the,
2: we, the thing you don't want to be—the pigeon. <laughs>
3: yeah, we want to identify the pigeon, the weak link of the O line, and we want to attack them at all costs.
2: With the arrival of Aaron Rodgers in gangrene, are you buying the Super Bowl hype for the Jets?
3: Absolutely not. Uh, I do not. I think they need to first try and get out of their conference or their division, more or less. Uh, I mean, you got Buffalo, you got Miami, and then you—you you can't forget about Bill Belichick and
2: those. Uh, New England Patriots. With the absence of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, are you buying the doom and gloom narrative for Jordan Love?
3: They got a lot of rebuilding to do. Uh, I don't see them in contention for anything other than trying to win games. Um,
2: I mean, I think that division goes to either Detroit or Minnesota. That was an artful and tactful way of saying yes. I believe <laughs> uh, Bills and Vikings, the only two teams in NFL history to go to four Super Bowls and lose four Super Bowls. Which of those two teams is more likely to break through first?
3: Uh, in this day and age, I would probably say the Buffalo Bills.
2: Their window is not closed; it's closing.
3: Their window is not closed; it is tightening. Uh, I wouldn't say it's closed just yet. They can revamp, and they got they got a special quarterback and some some great pieces. Both on the offense side of the ball and the defense side of the ball.
2: Warren Buffett, probably the richest person in your phone. Who's the most famous? Who most famous?
3: Uh, I mean, it depends on what you like. Uh, You can go with Um. (laughs) Jay-Z.
2: You don't have to go any farther than that. Not for my (laughs) wife, anyway. The best celebrity NFL fan that you know is? Hands down, Eminem.
3: Come on, kid. But yeah, uh,
2: I got a lot of love. I
3: like how you roll. A lot of love from him when I was in came to Detroit. He welcomed me with an open arms. Him and his uh, his folks, and so I
2: got to spend time with them. Name dropper. <laughs> Who is least excited about the prospect of you playing in twenty twenty three NFL quarterbacks or your mom? Probably my mom. Uh, she doesn't want you to play. She doesn't. Want she didn't me want to play. you to play last year, did she? She did not.
3: No. She thought you were done. She thought I was done, especially spending so much time at home. So
2: yeah. What's your ruling on Matt Rule in Nebraska? Thumbs up, thumbs sideways, thumbs down.
3: No, I like Matt Rule, so I'm thumbs up. Thumbs up for sure with Matt Rule, and I think they will continue to build something special. I was just there a couple weeks ago checking
2: checking them out, so I got good feelings there. I love that. Of all your vintage cars, you can only keep two. The rest <laughs> are being given away. You can only keep two. What are they and why?
3: Uh, my 70 Chevelle. Uh, it's my high school colors. Uh, I love my 406 small block. It's, it's a beast and she purrs. So you really
2: only need one. I offered you two. You're, you're yeah, keeping just I'll, the 70 Chevelle. I'll
3: just keep one, yeah. I'll just
2: keep one. You're a small town guy at yeah. heart. You're not, you're not boastful. You're not showy. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? Um, being different. 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 Mine is vacation. Vacation. Maybe sushi. <laughs> Maybe grace, actually. My wife's name is Gracie, so Grace. Yeah. What is your message to yourself? My message to myself? Do you have a mantra that you live with? Everything happens for a reason. You know, you said that before, and most people say it, I don't buy it. I buy it from you.
3: I buy it. There's no question. I live it every single day. There's a reason why something happened. You may not understand why it in the, in the exact moment, but when you reflect and look at life, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why
2: things happened. Is that your message to your sons?
3: My message to my sons would honestly be just work hard. If you can learn anything from me, is be a tireless worker and you'll have whatever success you want in life.
2: There's something about that answer in my next question. Are you more proud of your abilities or your availability? You have never mm. missed a game due to injury in twelve years. I find that astonishing. You're the Luke Garrick, the Cal Ripkin of the NFL. How?
3: Uh, Hard work. It's as simple as that. Hard work and a great, amazing team. I said it before. My my performance director, my physical therapist, my naturopath, everybody that I work with on my team, my wife, I mean, they allow me to do all these great things and prepare to be prepared every,
2: every single day. Okay, I'm building a team, but I can only afford one at a time. The most important first person to have on my team is who? Performance director thought you were going to say a good wife. <laughs> you're constructing the perfect NFL team. Do you hire an offensive or a defensive-minded head coach defense. for the modern NFL, the current NFL? Defense all day. Defense all day. Yep. Doesn't history suggest that you're wrong in Sue? No, it does not. The
3: reason why is because defense wins championships. And if you understand how to stop offense and limit points, which is what wins games you would be successful.
2: If I say 13-3, to does it still piss you off? It does, greatly. (laughs) Defense does win championships, and that Rams team that you played on held the Patriots to 13 points and didn't win. Oh, I'm mad for you. I had no horse in that race. I'm still mad for you. You guys were the better team. There, I said it. Which quarterback Mm -hmm. not named? Patrick Mahomes, are you picking first on the playground? Currently playing? Yes. Ooh, that's a good one.
3: Um... I think I'd probably go with
2: Josh Allen. Kind of a 70 Chevelle.
3: Yeah, uh, I like him. He's got great height, great speed. Uh, He's got a strong arm and versatile in a lot of different places. Uh, So I I would
2: probably go with Josh Allen. If you could only sack one more quarterback or tackle one more player, who would it be?
3: Oh, Brett Favre. Still have a bone to pick with that kid, huh? (laughs) Well, I I had him sacked, and then I let go because I was going to probably face mask him, and my teammate, Cliff Averill,
2: scooped him up and got the sack. (laughs) Do you have any hope for my Washington Commanders this year?
3: Any hope? Uh, I think they have a chance. they got a smart GM, um, but... Martin Mayhew, I don't know if he's going to be able to get everything he wants uh, to be successful year one.
2: I think that was an artful and tactful way of saying no. The best <laughs> part of fatherhood is?
3: Seeing my kids smile and say your name, Daddy. And especially like yesterday, I got a video of them both in the backyard in our pergola. Daddy, Daddy, football, football. So uh, it's 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 great to see your kids see you.
2: All that in a pergola too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to retire? Only time will tell. The best day of my life so far was?
3: The best day of my life. Hmm. 2018 when my wife moved in with me. She's your person. She's my person. Forever and ever.
2: Amen. Yes. I got mine too. Well played. The question that you wish you were asked one time but have never been asked because of all these reductive a-holes like me who think we know the answer before we ask the question, what's the question we should be asking you that we keep forgetting or not knowing to ask?
3: (laughs) Uh, That's an interesting one. I don't think there's any particular question that I wish I
2: was asked, but I would say just get to know me. Here's a question that will make you hate me. Is there any day or play that you want back?
3: Day or play that I want back? Hmm. No. There's no play. No day.
2: There's a reason for everything. Yep. You believe this. I do. And I believe that you believe this. No mistake that you want back. The mistakes you made are mistakes you made, and that's part of the narrative, and so be it, that's life.
3: Mistakes that I've made, great things, great decisions that I've made. Again, they all happen for a reason, and you learn a lot just understanding those different pieces and being able to reflect.
2: Over or under four and a half, the number of teams that have already contacted you this year about playing for them this year, (laughs) over or under four and a half? No comment. (laughs) That's an over. That's an artful and tactful way of saying over. This interview would never be over if I was given the latitude Indomitian Sue, you are a legend. Thank you. You are somebody mm-hmm. that we want on our team. Let's make it happen. I get emotional about things that matter. Mm-hmm. I think moments like this matter. They matter for me. Yep. I want you to know that. I'm honored and grateful that for this week at NFL Media and for this day on this podcast, you're on my team, Indomitian Sue, Thank you. I want to thank today's very special, shockingly soft-spoken, speaks softly, carries a big stick. Ferocious, philosopher, incomparable in Dominican Sue. And I want to invite the listener to join us tomorrow. We will, of course, have all the news of the day in the NFL. We're also going to focus on the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have a special guest, defensive end Roy Robertson Harris. He will join us. We will go game by game through the Jags' schedule. We will predict their entire 2023 regular season run we will do the same for the buffalo bills and we will ask the question what is the truth about the buffalo bills why does it seem that their best chance for a super bowl was already missed we'll do that with bills safety jordan poyer that's tomorrow till then ciao for now